Uh, David I, I'm in a 201 class, and I uh, just want to give my uh, testimony. Um, I was in China doing uh, submission work for uh, some years, and I was running out of money, so I wanted to join a, um, a team that was doing uh, reaching out to an unreached people group. So they said, you know, uh, we, there's a place that wants to, um, wants to look for a foreign teach, teaching English. So I went over there uh, thinking I was going to have a job, but they, they saw that um, I had an Asian face. They were looking for someone that looked like a Westerner. So the door closed, and I was kind of, like, worried because I'm running out of money. I didn't have any support, and, and they said, and my leader there said, oh, um, why don't you call this place? And so I called them, and they said, oh, it didn't, it didn't matter that I had an Asian face. They said, oh, you could come and teach English at our school for little children. So I, so I was thinking, oh, I just wanted a job. You know, I got married and wanted a job. So I went over there, and I found out that um, they were actually, um, they taught children, but they also had a program for, um, for uh, the underground uh, church that they were training up missionaries to go uh, to the, uh, Muslim countries, and so they, they wanted me to um, teach them English, and then they also let my wife, who didn't know any English, they um, they let her um, be in the class and to learn English from ABC, so, you know, so they, God was preparing her to, you know, to come to the U.S., so, you know, God's plans is greater than our plans, and His ways is better than our ways, um, so let's, um, let's just get ready to, uh, um, to worship God and thank God for his mercy in our lives. Oh, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that, that you are worthy of praise and worthy of worship, Lord, and we just want to worship you as our King, our Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come put your hands together like this. Hallelujah. We're ready to worship you this morning, God. We praise your name, Jesus. Come on, how many of you guys are glad that we have brothers and sisters all over the world that are praising him right now with us? Come on, we have the underground church in China. We got churches in Pakistan. We got churches all over the world that are called Christians, man, that are worshiping our God. Come on, so let's lift up our voice, lift up our hands, lift up our worship to our God this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, sing this out right now. See, rain down all around the world. We're singing rain down. Can you hear the earth is singing? Yeah, 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 it's living water. 
lot of times we take walking into church for granted. You know, during worship, um, actually during prayer, we prayed for Pakistan and we prayed for God to just touch the Christians there. A lot of houses from Christians were burned. About over a hundred houses were burned. Our brothers and sisters are suffering over there. And a lot of times we can come into church and we can be tired and we can feel like, man, I'm just punching in my time card this morning. But man, there's so many brothers and sisters all over this country, all over this world that are, man, they're hiding somewhere, wanting to lift up a shout of praise, wanting to shout from the top of their lips how much they love God, but they can't. Come on, church, let's not get tired of coming into a time of worship. Let's not get tired and get used to singing our songs out loud and shouting and raising our hands. Oh, God, I pray that you would change our hearts, oh, God. God, we ask that we would not be complacent. We ask that we would not get used to our freedoms in this country. God, we want to sing every song, God, with the most that we have. We want to sing every song at the top of our lungs, God. We want to lift our hands high, God. We want to be proud, God, of our freedom, Lord. Jesus, God, we want to lift you up, Lord. Oh, Jesus, we love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, this next song, we're going to sing about the glory of God. We're going to sing about his presence. Come on, just welcome him in this place with me.
you let those words sink in deep right now. If those words were for you, come on, let that sink into your spirit. If you feel like you're on the wayside, man, God is telling you, you are safe in his arms, that he loves you. Come on, let those words sink in deep to your heart right now. Come on, if that's you, if you got to get on your knees, if you got to raise your hands, if you got to come to this altar, come on, let those words sink in deep for you this morning. just let those words sink in right now the love that God has for his church it's unconditional there is nothing that he won't do for his church for his chosen ones for the ones that he's called come on just lift up your hands this morning in full surrender to the king of kings come on lift up your hands to the almighty this morning lift up your hands to the creator Lift up your hands. Come on, lift up your hands to your Savior. Jesus. He is a good father. Come on, lift up your hands. Lift up your heart. Lift up your voice this morning. Hallelujah. shepherd hallelujah oh you are the way the truth and the life oh you're the king of glory come on you're worthy to be praised Oh, you're called by God. You're chosen by God. You're loved by God. You're not despised. Come on. He stretches out his hand. Come on to touch you this morning. Reach out your heart and open it up to the King of Kings, the King of Glory. Oh, so much glory, so much majesty, so much importance in this God who chooses to be with us day in and day out, who chooses to give you everything. Come on. Oh, Yadabase, come on, he's here right now. Come on. Jesus. Come on, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, King. We need you, Lord. Come on, if that's all you can say this morning, just say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. We need you, Lord. We need your strength. I just feel the Lord is saying, come on, you this morning in this place, you're called by God. You are chosen. You are chosen. 
God has plans for you to prosper you, not to destroy you, not to harm you. God has a path for you to take this morning that is far better than what you can have yourself. Oh, come on, just right now, just in complete surrender to him. Just say, Jesus, lead me. Come on, there's dreams in this place. There's passions in this place that you desire to do big things for God, but you think you just can't do them. You've let past failures get in the way. You might have backslidden. Come on, but put your faith in Christ this morning. Let the fire of God consume you this morning to give you a passion for what God has a passion for. A fire that will allow you to leave the things of this world behind. A fire that will break the chains of the devil in Jesus' name. Come on, your addictions and your sin is not greater than what God has for you. Come on, lift up your hands this morning. Holy Ghost, baptize us in your fire. Baptize us in your fire. Come on, Come on, we're going to sing this song one more time. And I want you, as you sing it, in full surrender to the King. To picture yourself right before Him. Letting go of everything that could be holding you back. Letting those dreams come to life. Your purpose to come to life right before His presence. He has destined you for greatness. Come on, in full surrender right now. Let's sing this song one more time. Holy name 
and we make it all about you this morning. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy and grace over our lives. King, I pray that in this place you would give us ears to hear your message this morning, that it would penetrate our hearts, that it would cause us to change, to draw closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, come on, amen. Give them some praise right now. You are worthy, Lord. Why don't you guys just grab a seat? Amen. My name is Pastor Griselda. I just want to thank you guys so much for joining us this morning. And I would like to take this time to dismiss all the children. You guys can just head right to the back. Your Sunday school teacher is waiting for you. You guys can open up your Bibles to Titus 3, verse 3 through 7. I would like to share the gospel with you this morning. See, we come to church every single Sunday, right? Some of us more than that. And we want this message to penetrate your heart because it's what it's all about. If we make it about just religious practices, just coming and going and just being a better person, that's not what Christ died for. He didn't just come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. We were dead on the inside once before and we were destined to hell because of our sin but jesus christ came gave his life fully surrendered for us and that is the love that we talk about it's not it's not him saying he's better than us and he can hover over over us but it's saying wow he loved us so much he was willing to give it all so here in titus uh, Paul is writing to his disciple and his church, and he was setting some things in order. And, and these people might have had this attitude that they were better than others. And, and here he's reminding them. He says, at one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Come on, can you relate to that? But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his, his mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth, the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Amen? It's his righteousness. It's his mercy that has been extended to us. It's nothing that we can do. Amen. And why? And he, he renews us. Many of us are still living the old ways. We haven't been born again and you're trying to be good. You're trying to be a Christian on your, by yourself and it just won't happen. You got to let Jesus, you got to let the Holy Ghost give you a new life. Amen. And then you can receive that new life. There's an eternity it's either in heaven or it's in hell. And we don't talk about hell to scare you, to, to put fear in you so that you don't want to go there. Yeah, it's a bad place. But it's to show you the consequence of how big your sin is, how big our sin is in the eyes of a holy God. Amen? But he's made way. So come under the covering of Jesus Christ. Receive forgiveness for your sins today. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your mercy and grace. We thank you for your righteousness, and it's not something that we can earn on our own. So for that, we thank you. We thank you that you loved us first, King. I pray that if there's anyone in this room who's not right with you, God, they might think they are, but I pray for conviction, God, that their salvation would be secure in you. 
In Jesus' name, I pray that you would call disciples out of this church, leaders, dear God, who would change communities, lives of the people around them. In Jesus' name, we pray for disciples to arise here in this room today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. If that's you, we want you to come over to our life group leaders this morning, and they want to talk to you. They want to pray with you and teach you how to continue in your walk with Christ. Amen? Please stand to your feet with me as we recite our confession of faith. If anybody needs a copy, please raise your hand, and one of our ushers will bring one to you. Our confession of faith, we recite it every week. This is our biblical worldview, so we're going to recite it on the count of three. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation in his death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ, built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons, in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Come on, give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Amen. We want to invite you to take some time of fellowship. And if you need prayer right now, go over to our life group leaders. Amen.
right. How about you guys excited to be at Metro Braves International this morning? You feel the love in this place. We are honored to have you here with us, worshiping the Lord. For any first time visitors, welcome. If this is your first time, we're excited to have you with us this morning. Our service is here at Metro Praise, our Sundays at 10 a.m. We also have a, a Wednesday night service for the children, King's Kids, at 6.30 p.m. So if you have any little ones from the ages of one to 10, please bring them out, have them join the other children here, learning about the Lord and being discipled. And then Fridays, can I get my elevator say, what, what? 7 p.m. for all the youth, 11 to 18. Again, if you have a teenager, you are one and you haven't joined us, or if you have teenagers around, you bring them on. They have an awesome, powerful time with the Lord. Amen. Our vision here at Metro Praise is loving God and loving people. If you've been with us, even from the early days, that vision has never changed. We take it directly from the scriptures. Jesus himself said these are the two greatest commandments, to love God and to love people. And we as disciples here, we strive to do that every day of our lives, to put him first in all that we do and to love our neighbor as ourself. And our discipleship strategy is very simple. It is connect, mentor, and send. Our connect phase is you coming, finding a place to belong here through our life groups. How many of you guys like sharing life together with other believers throughout the week? We love that. We want to have that be a place in your life where you know that that is going to be a lifeline for you apart from just coming to church on Sundays where you're going to be able to get together with other brothers and sisters in the Lord and share life together. And our mentorship we have a 101 and a 201 process that we take you through. Here is our 101 book. We believe very much in discipleship, accountability, mentorship. And if you have not joined our discipleship program, I encourage you to do that. Our life group leaders, our elders, our deacons have been trained. They are here ready to open up their life to pour into you. And then once you finish this book, then we get you into the 201. And that is a class on Sunday mornings with Jared. And we just get you guys diving into the word, how to defend your faith, living a blessed life, having a blessed home, and living free and all, all that good stuff that the word has for us. Amen. So that is, what, that is our desire. That is what God has called us to do. We want to disciple you. And, um, and our, third our third step in the strategy is to send. We want to send you out to evangelize, to win your coworkers, your family to the Lord, and to live a life that is consistently, you, you are being poured into and you are pouring out to connect, mentor, and send. And then our third part is, um, our goal is to have 100,000 disciples in the city. How many of you guys believe we could get 100,000 in Chicago? We have almost 7 million people in this city. We want 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches and 500 around the world. If you want to go win souls for Jesus, can I get an amen this morning? Come on, God can do it. And it's through you. You, God wants to use you. He wants to use me. Look at your neighbor and say, he wants to use you to accomplish this goal. Look at your other neighbor. Say, he wants you. Are you ready? Come on. Amen. As you guys prepare for your tithes and offerings this morning, I just want to explain to you, when we give all that we have to the Lord, he will never let us down. When we are faithful to him, he will always remain faithful to us. And a tithe is something that he asks for. It is a principle that we find in scripture that if we give him 10% out of our 100%, we will never be in lack. That he will always provide in the littlest ways and in the biggest ways. That we, when we are faithful to the 10%, he will provide all that we need. When we try to hold that 10% back and live off of the 100, it will always come up short. It's just something that God does. 
He is just amazing. So we believe in that principle to put our tithe before the Lord and to give to missions offerings. Here we believe in a, we have a mission fund and a building fund. And that offering is what you give above your tithe, where that's between you and the Lord, the amount. And you say, God, I'm going to give out of my abundance. And when I have little, when I have much and when I have little, all 100% belongs to you. So what would you like for me to offer to you? And as a church here, from the time that we started, our heart burns for missions. Our heart burns for the nations. There are so many nations around the world being persecuted. Like Rachel just said, churches being burned. Uh, you know, pastors' houses being attacked. People themselves, there's a pastor right now that's in prison right now. We don't understand the freedom that we have. So I want to put a challenge before you to have a heart for missions. We must give out of our material possessions to see the gospel spread across the nations. Are you with me? Can I get an amen about that? We give to the Lord 10%. It comes into the house and all the missions and everything that comes after, we give to spread the gospel across the world because that is what he has called us to to be faithful with what we have. Our online giving options are right there. You can give Chase Quick Pay, all those um, you know different ways to give to make it convenient for you. If you could stand up to your feet with me this morning, we're going to recite this verse together out loud. On the count of three, Luke 6, 38. One, two, three. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Let's pray as you give. God, we thank you so much for this morning, for your presence in this place. We thank you for all that you've given to us, God. And now we will be faithful to give it back to you so that your church can be established on this earth, that your kingdom can go forth to all the nations. I thank you, Lord, that you have given us all that we need. And now we will follow your command, God, to give to our tithe and to the offerings, God, that you have put in our heart. I pray that you would multiply it, God, so that we can see your work established in this city and around the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come forward as you give. Can I get a woot woot for Jesus? Woot woot. Come on, open up your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to give you a couple announcements this morning. Good to see everybody here in the house of God. Man, aren't you glad you're in church this morning? You know, the old timers used to say, I'd rather be in church than in a hospital. You know, how many are glad you're here and not in a hospital this morning? But how many would rather be here than in a mansion this morning? How many would rather be here than watching your favorite show, your favorite sport game? Amen. We'd rather be here. I want you to turn with me quickly to Acts chapter 2. Looking all the way down, starting around verse 48, I want to give you guys a great announcement here today about the changes we're making in our life group. Uh, We have some plans that we're going to be implementing starting in April, and I want to share all of that with you right now. And then we'll have Pastor Adam preach. But uh, let's start in verse, uh, say, 42. Start in verse 42 through 48. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everybody say apostles' teaching. Fellowship. 
and breaking of bread. Thank you. They were devoted to those things. They were devoted to what the apostles were teaching. They were devoted to fellowship. They were devoted to breaking of bread, uh, having meals together. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Somebody say boom shakalaka. Come on, the boom shakalaka was there. The power of God was moving in their midst. So what was it like to be a part of the church in the time of the book of Acts? This is 2,000 years ago. These were the disciples of the first disciples. What was it like? They hung out with the apostles and got taught. They fellowshiped and had fun. They ate food together, and the power of the Holy Spirit showed up. Come on, somebody go, oh, snap. Amen. Verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as had need. They loved to take care of the poor and the hurting. They gave rides to those who needed it. They gave help to those who needed it. They gave food to those who were hungry, crows to those who were naked. How many think every church should go back to that? Amen. We should be more charitable in our giving. And then it says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate with t together with glad and sincere hearts. Somebody say they met in their homes. And somebody say they met in the temple. Amen. So they met in their homes and they met in the temple. Now, the cool thing about them is they went to the temple every day. Anybody want to go to church every day? Come on, we'll unlock the building and have you come every day. I can do this every day. Well, you know, the thing about them is that they were close to their church and it was very much a part of their culture to be at that church every day. So no condo bondo if we don't do it every day. But I want you to see that they did it every day, but they also met in their homes. So they just weren't going to a temple. They were also going to their homes. Now, if anybody here says, hey, pastor, my culture, I want to go to the church seven days a week. You just ta talk to Pastor Bertsky in the back and he'll let you in seven days a week. Can I get an amen? Amen. Pastor Berta will meet you every day of the week. And then it says, verse 47, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. Somebody say they were happy. They were praising God. Amen. Favor of God was on them. That means people wanted to do business with them. So the favor of God was on them with all the people. So when you ask them, uh, hey, you know, my, my horse needs a new horseshoe. Who's the best horseshoe repairer in town? They would say, go to the Christian. He's the best one. Oh, I need my hair did. Who's the best one to get my hair did by? Oh, go to the sister. She's a good woman in the church. They had favor. They weren't known for being corrupt. They weren't known from stealing of the, from the people. Christians were known to be good, hard-working, honest people. How many like to see that again? Amen? And they were praising God. And then look at what happened here at the end, verse 47. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And to correct myself, there is no verse 48 of Acts. So uh, please forgive me, Acts chapter 2. So if we go through this list quickly, we would see that there are 10 major ministries that you see the church does. And we've talked about it here. It's in our 201 book, and it's also on our website. We call this a tenfold ministry of the church. And it's, you know, apostles teaching, fellowship, uh, home Bible studies, going to church, having services, sending out missionaries, taking care of the poor, enjoying favor, etc. We've listed all 10 of them out. But the one that I want to talk to you today about is the one when they met in each other's homes and they shared life together. Now, we've been doing life groups for quite some time, and it's a part of our Connect vision. Everybody say Connect. It's a part of that strategy. So we say Connect, Mentor, Connect, Mentor, 
Amen. So you connect, then you get mentored, and you get sent out. Jesus did this. He connected with Peter on the shores of Galilee. He spent time with him, and then he sent him out to do the same kinds of things. So we've used life groups to be something to connect you to the church. And while you're connected there, you go through the 101 with somebody, a leader, uh, the home group leader, and then they begin to teach you, and then you come to the 201, and then you continue to be taught and be sent out to evangelize. Connect, mentor, send. Can you say it with me? One, two, three. Connect, mentor, send. But now what we want to do, and I'm going to slow down just so everybody can track with me here, is we want to broaden our definition of life groups. The previous definition of life groups was food, fun, and fellowship in a home Bible study. So it was a home Bible study with food, fun, and fellowship. Is everybody tracking with me? Okay. But now we want to just expand it a little bit more to connect with more people, and we want to call it a group of disciples sharing life together. So what's a life group? A group of disciples sharing life together. One more time, class. What is a life group? A group of disciples sharing life together. And as we turn the slide here, we want to show you that now we're going to be offering the pie of life group is going to have four slices of pie. You can choose from four different kinds of life groups now. We're going to have ministry-based life groups. Mm, that's a good piece of the pie. We're going to have class-based life groups. Yummy. Special needs-based. Those are my favorite. And then activity-based. So we're going to have now four pieces of the pie where you can share life together. So what we're doing is we're pulling out just one definition and we're expanding it to a multiple definition, where before the definition was home Bible study. That was the only thing a life group was to us. But now we're including our works at the abortion clinic in life groups because it's a group of disciples sharing life together. We're, con we're including now fellowship into our life groups because it's a group of disciples sharing life together, going bowling. We're including our evangelism, adding to the Lord, uh, to the church daily. Be are you all tracking with me? Because it's a group of disciples sharing Okay, now the good part is we've learned over the last eight years not to spring stuff on you all fast. So this is not happening next week. It's not happening the week after that. It's happening in April. Start in April. Everybody just go, ah. Oh. See, don't you just feel love now? So there's no, like, quick changes. There's no, like, flipping the whole script right now. It, you have enough time to look through these different life groups and to begin to find where do you want to share life together. Now, on your announcements, a uh, separate sheet, rather, we gave you with your announcements, is we have them right here. It says that they're on the website, but they won't be there until April. Why? Because for the rest of March, everything is the same. Everybody say the same. Thank you. So we're not changing it up. We're not flipping the script. We're just preparing you for April. Now, this is the exciting part that I want you guys to track with me. This is where I'm getting a little excited is that we're going to operate on a semester basis right now, quarterly basis. So every quarter, every three months, we're going to introduce a new group of life groups in these four categories. So as I go through them, this is what we're going to have for April, May, and June for that quarter. Does everybody track with me? So if you look at January, February, March, that's one quarter. April, May, June, that's another quarter. July, August, September, that's another to uh, quarter. October, November, December, that's the fourth quarter. Is everybody with me? So first, second, third, fourth quarter. We've prepared this in the first quarter, so we're doing everything the same now. And then starting in the second quarter, starting in April, everybody say April. April. 
we're going to do this. And then the exciting part is, is that April, May, and June, we're going to do this. And then when we come before you for the new quarter, we're going to add new classes to this. So it's going to help our life group leaders, our teachers, to be able to express more of their gifting. Because some of them have been expressing the same gifting over and over and over again, just a home Bible study. And some of them want to teach on marriage. Some of them want to take uh, people out to the abortion clinics and, and these things. And so we want to be able to express that in a wide variety. So let's go through our different life groups. Is everybody ready? Say, I'm ready. Amen. Starting in April, first week of April. Encounter night is going to be Sunday night here at the church with the Vitalis, Reese Park Campus, Sunday at 5 p.m. We'll meet every week. So the Wicker Park group, who's been more accustomed to having Sunday night services now merging with us starting in April, they're going to come here and they're going to keep having a Sunday night service. But everybody of all ages is welcome to it. And it's going to be predominantly worship and prayer based. Okay, If anybody's familiar with IHOP and Mike Bickle and Jesus Culture, so it's going to be more experiencing the presence of God, praying and going after God, and that will be every week. And let me just say this, uh, whatever is all ages, you can attend, and whatever is for adults, adults can attend multiple ones, and whatever ones are for youth and opened up for them, youth can attend multiple ones. So, for example, a youth could attend the encounter night right here. It's predominantly for adults, but it's not an age limit, so it's for all ages, whoever want to come and have a Sunday night encounter with God. Everybody tracking with me? Now, the youth life group, obviously, is for youth. That's at Adam's house. That meets Tuesday at 6 p.m. So the youth aren't going to really have much of a change. They're going to have the same life group they've been having, Bible study-based at their house. The next one, King's Kids, you see, we're calling the Wednesday ministry now a life group to our children. That's our uh, K through 5th for uh, ministry to our children. So every Wednesday, you can bring them here at 6.30, led by Sue Ellen, and she does Royal Rangers for the men, uh, young men, and Impact for the girls. And how many families like that? You guys enjoy that? Amen. The families, we love having our children there. And so that's going to be weekly as well. Then we're going to have the Bible study-based life group. Now, because uh, the Montez uh, family is in a transition right now, they're going to assist Berto and the Goevejas with Griselda, but we're hoping that maybe God's going to close the door and not send them to Georgia, but uh, they're, they're trying to figure out what God's saying. We're going to support them if they go, by the way. But we're going to be offering the adults the same thing, Every single week, but it will be at the Goeveus house for Bible study. And so that will be every Friday at 7 p.m. So that's the one that most people have been used to as adults. So that may be a change if you've been going to another Bible study. We're now saying everybody go to this one. And if we notice that we pack out the Goeveus, the good part about this is the next semester we can start more adult Bible studies. But I think some of the adults here, you may appreciate the variety. So we'll see how it works out. The evangelism. Uh, uh, the evangelism life group is going to be with Deanna Saturdays at 5 p.m. And so you'll meet here, and then they're going to go to the Wicker Park area where the party town is, Damon and North, and they're going to preach every week. See, that's a group of disciples sharing life together. And then sidewalk counseling is the only monthly monthly life group in ministry-based. So this is the ministry-based ones. They're meeting every second Saturday at 9 a.m. to do sidewalk counseling at the abortion clinic. Now let's look at this just for a second. Let's say you're an adult in this ministry. You are able to go to the Sunday night life group if you want to. If you have extra time, you can show up with your kids on Wednesday and help us raise up other kids. So parents, you're always welcome on Wednesday when you come with your kids. You also then can join the Bible study on Fridays. You can go evangelize on Saturday evenings with Diana and Saturday afternoons 
with Jared. Does everybody see the, the pizza pie? You get there just in ministry. And, and youth, you can go to all of these youth except for the king's kids and the adult Bible study. You're more than welcome to come to the encounter night. You're more than welcome to come to the evangelism and the sidewalk counseling. Everybody say ministry-based. Thank you. The second pizza pie there is class-based. And so we're going to be offering marriage counseling, uh, not counseling, I'm sorry, marriage classes at the Rivera's Ricky and Rachel every third Sunday of the month. So now monthly at 5 p.m. at the Rivera's, if you want to come and be encouraged in your marriage, it will be a class-based life group. Now here's the difference between a ministry-based and a class-based. Ministry-based, you can come whenever you want and not come whenever you want. But class-based, you need to start and finish. And if you miss the first week, you can't come to the second week. Everybody say class-based. Because they're going to be teaching and building month after month after month. Are you all tracking with me? Okay, so that's the Rivera's. And I hope that you're encouraged by this now because instead of just a Bible study, now you can come work on your marriage. You can come and just grow in that. And even if you're not struggling and wanting to beat each other up, you can come and grow in your marriage. Amen. It's not just like for like people wanting to beat each other up. Amen. So if you're having trouble and you want to beat each other up, this is definitely for you. But if everything's all good and you want to make it better, come on out. The next one we have is special needs based. And you can just see, by the way, how these categories can just grow and grow and grow. For example, class based, I would like to start an apologetic class for those who want to learn about other religions. Uh, some people want to start a mission class. We can put class after class after class into that category. But just right now, we're just going to offer you one class in marriage for the semester ahead. Then the next one, special needs based, this kind of life group is for somebody in particular. You've got to be a certain kind of person, special, to fit into this and we're offering one in this category single moms with Lauren and Cynthia can we give it up for Lauren and Cynthia and single moms and it will be at Cynthia's new crib there in Berwyn Come on. And it's every first Sunday of the month, so it's going to be monthly. Now, once again, you may say, well, I'm a single mom, but I want to go to the weekly Bible study at the Govea's house. You can do that, and it won't conflict with you going once a month to the single mom group. Is everybody with me? Isn't this exciting? See, now we're just opening the door for more ministry, more potentials to touch people's lives. And also what we're help, uh, hoping for is that as it encourages you, you're going to bring your friends to these different things. So single moms, you're going to bring your your single mom friends that maybe don't go to church to these kinds of life groups and get encouraged. Married couples, you're going to bring your married couple friends or family members say, hey, this is going to encourage you. And as you can see, special needs base could grow and grow and grow. One of them that I would like to offer is um, recovering addicts, people who are coming off substance abuse, drugs, alcohol, smoking, anything like that. That's a special need. Also, I would like to maybe start ministering to redheaded stepchildren that felt alone at li in life and get scared at night and wet their beds sometimes. So it would be a long thing. Anyways, I'm kidding. But you can just see, you know, there can be so many different special needs of people we can reach to reach that way. And then the last one, activity-based, we're going to offer you something every semester that's going to be just activity-based, and you can go to that and have fun. And, of course, we've got to pick the party animal himself, Ishmael Lopez with Robin. And they're going to be doing for April, May, and June for that second uh, quarter bowling night at Montclair Bowling Lanes every second Sunday of the month. So now if you look at this, we'll be starting this in April. We're going to announce it 100 times to you guys so everybody's ready. We're now offering you an opportunity to share life together as a group of disciples.
So if you're an adult, here's what you can do. You can go to the encounter night on Sunday nights. You can show up with your kids on Wednesday. Go to the Friday Bible study, Saturday afternoon evangelism, Saturday night evangelism. You can go once a month to the marriage class. If you're a single mom, you can go to the single mom uh, life group. And then you can go bowling with Ishmael and them. So you got like 20 things you can do now. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus. And then youth, you can do practically many of those same things. Talk to Adam about that as well. So we just want to encourage you with that. And just one more quick announcement. Uh, we have new flyers out. And if you guys don't know how we do, we'd always put the gospel on the back. So they're in the back here as well. It says join us Sundays at 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. for youth. And then it says have you been born again. talks about uh, everybody needing to be born again. Jesus died on the cross so we could be born again. And once we're born again, our lives are changed. We don't continue in sin. Hand these out to as many people as you can. Help preach the gospel. Amen. And then uh, for Easter, at the end of the month is Easter. Uh, a lot of you know that already. We've always tried to do something special for you at Easter. And this Easter, we're going to do something that's going to be extra special. We're going to talk about Jesus. So I want you to come this Easter as we talk about Jesus. We may not have a camel, and we may not have a llama up on stage. Like, oh, that church had a camel. Man, they were so awesome. We may not have a white, emaciated Jesus getting whipped, okay? We may not have that. But I want you to bring your friends and family this Easter because we're going to have something that's way more special than a llama, a camel, and somebody getting beat with some ketchup on them. His name is Jesus. Amen. Will you give it up for Jesus? We love you, Lord. Amen. Now give it up for Pastor Adam Nieves. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. You guys can do me the favor. Open up your Bibles to Romans 8.28. Amen. As Pastor Joe was breaking it down, the new life group strategy and structure, he used the example of a pizza pie, and I haven't eaten anything this morning in my stomach as he was saying it. was And the thing about pizza is it's good cold the next day. I'm telling you, you really haven't lived life if you haven't had leftover pizza cold for breakfast, amen? And so, I, you know, it's funny that I'm using that illustration because I really, what I'm going to talk about here today, we're going to review last week's uh, sermon, but what we're going to talk about today is what I hope to do by the power of the Holy Spirit is to uh, allow that hunger for God in your heart to grow and be fulfilled in who Jesus is, and then also for you to understand your purpose and your plan in life. Amen. So, so let's go ahead. Before we start, let's go ahead and open up in prayer. Father, we thank you for everyone here, God. God, you have a purpose for their life. And it's found in your son, Jesus Christ. God, we pray that as we enter in your word, God, you would open up our minds, God, just to receive what you are saying. Your life, your goodness, who you are. Holy Spirit, bring your power this morning to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and review. Last week, if you guys were here, Pastor Joe talked about God foreknowing, and the title was called God Foreknew Me. And he went over and looked at Romans 8, 28, and let's go ahead and read it if you're there. Say I'm there. If you're not, we're going to read it anyways. Here we go. Romans 8, 28, it goes like this. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. 
that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Some of the things we talked about last week, God foreknowing you, God knows everything about you. God doesn't learn anything. The choices that you make is not a surprise to God. If he did not know, he would not be God. He would have no reason or we would have no reason to worship him. He does not learn anything. God is all-knowing. Amen. And so God knows the plans and everything you will choose, but he gives you the free gift. He gives you the free choice to choose it. Okay, he doesn't come out and make you a robe and say, now you have to choose this. You have it. He gives you the choice. So we learned that last week and God has plans for your life. Amen. It's okay for God to know the plans of your life and still give you the ability to choose it because that's how God wanted it to be, because that's how love works. See, God knew that by giving you the free choice, you would have the propensity to sin. That means that you could possibly choose other things than God. And he knew that. But God had a plan for it because the Bible says this, that before the foundations of the world, he was a lamb slain. Amen. So we understand that even though all these things happen in our lives, God has given us a free choice to choose it. He knows it. And that whenever it happens in our lives, they are father filtered. Somebody say father filtered. That even though we make mistakes... God can weave it into something beautiful. Come on now. Anybody here ever make mistakes? Hello. Right? God can still use those things for his glory, for his purpose. Amen. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about the kingdom purpose. Amen. Last week we got into the theological aspect of God foreknowing. And I want to get into today the philosophical aspect of it. And it's the, my, my sermon title is called Kingdom Purpose. And I want to ask you this question. What's the meaning of life? It's a very popular question. If you've ever been witnessing or if you talked with people in your circles at work, whoever, this is going to be a question that may be brought up in different forms of fashions, but it's a question nonetheless all of us have thought about. What's the meaning of your life? I mean, there are people in this place. What is your meaning? And we're going to get into that today. What's the meaning of life? It's where we find our purpose, and it changes the way we do life. Because if you can find the meaning of your life, wouldn't that radically transform the way you do things, the way you live, the way you see things and the way you talk, speak, act? Come on now. Whether it's if you have a job, you don't have a job, everything that you do, it would radically transform the way you live. For example, Martin Luther King, right? Come on now. That man is an awesome man, someone we can look in history. Man, he did awesome and great things. He wasn't just a person who said, man, I just want to have people to be equally free. But because he found his purpose in Christ, because he found his meaning and finding himself in Jesus Christ, he was able to see and have a purpose in this life, bringing equality, bringing an end to prejudice and, and, and racism. You see, I, I propose to you today that the meaning of your life is found in Jesus Christ. It does not matter if, if you are a, a businessman, a family man, you are a student in this place. It does not matter who you are. The meaning of life is found in the person of Jesus Christ. It's not found anywhere else. And many of times our frustrations, some of our arguments, and some of the things we may go through in life is probably coming through our expression of trying to find meaning. Even Christians can somehow lose focus of Jesus and try to find meaning in what they're doing. For example, I'll give you this example. A mother, a Christian mother may come and say, my purpose 
is to now raise my children, is to bring them up in the Lord. And when that is successfully done and the children are no longer home, if all she said in her life is, listen, my purpose was to raise my children. Now my children are gone. I have no purpose. She's an empty nester in her mind. Where is my purpose? Your purpose is found in Jesus Christ. Hello? Not in the assignments that you may have before you. Amen. So let's get into the word this morning and understanding our kingdom purpose. Amen. Ravi Zacharias, he's a famous apologist, a Christian man. He has debated many people and he has defended the word of God. And he has come and he's given us a, a couple examples. He's given us four stages of how the average human being will experience life. They are wonder, truth, love and belongingness and security. I want to give you this illustration, the example of wonder. They kind of happen in sequential order. You know, when we are a child, does anybody have a child in this place, a baby, right? At some point in time, everybody in this place was a child. And, and the cool thing about children, on their mind, if you were to ask them, what's the meaning of life? They'll just stare back at you. A glazed eyes, like, they probably can't even talk. Like, what's the meaning of life, baby? <laughs> they don't know. What they're experiencing in life is the things that bring them the wow factor. And I love this. I am like the, the self-ordained uncle of every children here in this church. I mean, I love children. After service, I'll go and I'll find them, whether it's Johnny, whether it's uh, Evan. I'll just go up to them and start playing with them. I just love children. They have no cares in life. Everything is fun to them. I, just, I, I love the wow expression from their face. Like, <gasps> I mean, if you throw a child up in the air and he comes back down, what's they going to ask you to do? Do it again. They love it. It's like, wow, wow. It's, it's great. And in this past week, we were having our meeting, our staff meeting, and, and where the elders of the church come, we just discussed church. And afterwards, we were leaving, and, and Pastor Joe's daughter, Hannah, comes, and I'm putting on my jacket, and all I hear is a small voice. He's like, I'm behind you. And, and I just began to look back, and she's like, and then she just begins to get behind me again. And so I just began to play the game, I'm behind you. And I just noticed that she came behind me. I just let her, and I turned again, and she was like, <gasps> and she got behind me the entire time. We might have done this for about five minutes, and every time I turned around, it was something great. She kept on wanting to hide. It was fun for her, the wow factor, right? But how many of you guys know if I were to do that in my Friday youth groups, for example, Tito were to come behind me, I'm behind you. And he runs behind me and says, like, I'm behind. Okay, what's going on, dude? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> We know sometimes the wow factor, it may take more to impress us. And, and as we get a little older, we begin to search for the meaning of truth. And we're looking for things like, man, can I base my life off of something? Is there truth in the meaning of this? We're seeking for it. We want to know, like, hey, wh where's truth? Is this truth? Because everything that we will do will be based off of that truth. We want to know it. And as we get a little older, we begin to seek and look and experience life through love and belongingness. We begin to say, man, I want to, be, I want to be loved, I want to belong, and we kind of enter relationships or we look for these things in these facets or form. And when you're a little older, it becomes an issue of security. I want to know that I'm secure. And all the things that I've done and the things that have happened in my life, I want to know a sense of security in my life. The Bible says this, that in John 14, 6, as a matter of fact, open up your Bible to that, John 14, 6. You see, the different ways we may experience life, whether by wonder, truth, love, and belongingness, it's found in the person of Jesus Christ. Because how many guys know when you get a little older, it may take a little bit more to wow you. Hello? It may take a little bit more to impress you. How about this? The older you get, the more it takes to fill your heart with wonder, and only God is big enough to fill it. 
because he says in his word, John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Come on. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus made a statement unto all. He wasn't lying. He wasn't trying to pull your leg. He's saying, listen, everything in your life, it's me. You're going to find it in me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hello. There are probably two prerequisites in order for life to have meaning. We're going to break it down like this. In order for there to be meaning in this life, in order to discover our purpose, if that's what we really want to know, there are essentially two prerequisites for meaning, for life to have meaning. One, there must be a God. Number two, there must be immortality. Because if there's no God or immortality, we're just living to die. Really, it makes no sense. There is no one who was transcended to give us purpose and meaning. So we have to understand, because there is a God, he gives us our purpose. Amen? And because it is immortality, we will live forever with Jesus. Now our purpose is found in who he is and what he tells us to do. Amen? Without without God, our lives will be purposeless. There will be no one to tell us what's right or wrong. No ultimate significance to our lives in virtue of it having infinite life. How about this? Significance. If there was no God or immortality, there'd be nothing significant of your life. The achievements, the sacrifices you made, it's, it's all meaningless. It would have all perished in a world that's coming to ruin. Hello? How about value? I mean, why live as a Mother Teresa rather than as a Stalin or a Hitler? If we all have the same fate, what's the purpose? What's the use? We're all going to die. We're just living to die. But because there is a God, because we do live on, there is purpose and meaning, and it's found in Jesus Christ. I want to ask you something. Now what? We can come to Jesus and we find our purpose. He gives us the ultimate sense of purpose, satisfaction, love. It's found in Jesus. Nowhere else. Let's bring it back to him. But now what, church? Now what? We come to Jesus. Does it end there? Do we say to ourselves, so man, I can't wait to get to heaven. <laughs> you know what? Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. It's like my ticket. You ever played Monopoly? You got to get, get out of jail card. You just keep that in your back pocket till you get in jail. And salvation is not a get out of jail card. It's not a fire, uh, fire safety or fire hazard. Like, I am no longer going to go to hell. But now in this earth, we can experience God's presence. Hello? We can experience the kingdom of God. Open up your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, and as, we, and as we get into the God's word this morning, I just pray that you would see that it's, it's not found in any man telling you what you need to do. Like, I don't give you purpose. If you're coming up to say, man, I don't know what to do with my life, I want, I'm either deciding to be a fireman or police officer, and you have these choices you can make on your own, I, I can't tell you what to do. And, and, and I don't think anybody in this world can really tell you. They can help you, give you their counsel. But no one knows for sure what you're supposed to do. It's the choice that you have to make. But there's a God who knows the choice. And what I, what I, what I uh, suggest this morning is that we come to him in prayer, seeking his kingdom, seeking his will. And I look at it at the example of Jesus. Jesus lived that life of how we should live. Amen. Sometimes we think to ourselves, like, man, I'll never be Jesus. I'll never be the lamb slain for the world. I'll never be that. 
You know, I, I can never be like Jesus, so I'm just going to hang that up, and I'm going to be the best Christian I can be. I'm going to try to find purpose in other things. Jesus, he's great. Whenever I feel bad about myself, I'll come to him. He'll, he'll kind of make me feel good, and that's how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to show that I'm going to love him. I'm going to go to church and all these different things. But then we've made purpose about family or, or, or jobs or, or different things, and that's how the, the shuffle of what am I supposed to do in life happens. I, I urge you this morning that your purpose and, and what you may do and the choices that you'll make, fireman or police officer, pick one. But here's what I want you to do. Seek God's counsel. Pray. Come before him. Jesus modeled that in Matthew 6. We're going to look at verse 9. Jesus, he got into prayer. He was actually teaching people how to pray, right? And he gave us this format. He gave us this prayer not so that we can continually, repetitively preach or pray this prayer, but so that we can understand how to pray when we come before God. When we're asking God, what's my purpose in life? God knows. <laughs> Imagine that conversation with the angels as you're praying like, God, what's my purpose in life? And God, this is hypothetically because we know that God knows. And you're praying that, God, what's my purpose in life? And it's God's like, oh. you kind of, I don't really know. Angels, do you know? We don't know. And... Yeah, you know, I, they made that mistake, so really, God, that kind of messed up what you really had from over here, and I don't know, God, and God is not in heaven wondering what happens next. He's not. <laughs> I love that about him, because he's so secure of who he is and our plans for our life, and when we pray, it is not somehow God uh, manipulating us to get us to do what he wants, but it's actually an invitation for us to participate in God's will. I believe that our prayers are God-ordained. Hello? So that when we pray, God uses them and God allows his will to happen. And Jesus says it right here, Matthew 6, verse 9. He says, this is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he goes on to pray, but Jesus said this, God, your, your kingdom come, your will be done. How many of us, when we pray to God, do we pray, God, your will be done, your kingdom come? See, church, I think that our purpose is not found in how much things we can acquire for ourselves, because the Bible does says this, store up for your treasures, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy. How do you do that? If the Bible is telling us to store up things in heaven, how can we do that? We seek his kingdom. We pray, God, let your will be done. You see, I propose to you this morning that your purpose, whatever it may be, whether you're deciding to start a family, whether you're deciding to move from another job, whether you're deciding different things in your life to find, like, what's my purpose? What am I going to do now? I believe it's found in his purpose of who Jesus is and building his kingdom here on earth, because we are not simply waiting to the day we die, and we're going to say to ourselves, this is what I've been living for, I'm just going to be in heaven for the rest of my life, because that'll be a pretty miserable 70 years, 30 more years, 100 more years that we'll be living now, and I don't think God wanted us to spend the rest of our earthly lives miserable, wondering, hoping, like, is it going to get any better? No, it gets better now, your kingdom come. God, your kingdom come. You see, I love this. Powerlessness is not an excuse now. Because the same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead now lives in you. 
I don't have the power anymore. It's no longer an excuse. The power now is in you. God's kingdom is coming. What does that mean? Whatever is going on up there should be happening down here. And whatever is happening down here that isn't happening up there should stop. So when we pray, we pray, God, your kingdom come. Your will be done. And guess what? He gives you power now. It's no longer, I can't do this. I'm hopeless. I'm helpless. There's no purpose. I might as well just give it up. No. He redeems you through his son, Jesus Christ. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And some of us, well, how do I start? What do I do now? Do I, does it mean that I got to quit my job and become a pastor now? Does it mean now I got to just live in a church? We're going to start a commune here starting Monday? Not at all. I hope that doesn't get across in your mind. This is what I got to do now. God, your kingdom want to stay in the church. No. What it means, actually Jesus gave us some markers, which you can do to bring the kingdom. Love God and love people. Right? We talk about it every morning. Some of you guys are like, I know that, I know that. Do you know it? <laughs> Do you know it enough so that you're living it out, that constantly you wake up, God, I'm going to love you, and I'm going to love people. I'll give you this one thing. Escape loves substitutes. Hello? Escape it. Jesus said the greatest command is this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. To love your God with all your heart, everything that's about you, your mind. You literally would use your mind to think of the Lord, to honor him, to bless him. Your soul and your strength, everything about you, give it glory to God. That's how you love God. And to love your neighbor as yourself. Escape love substitutes, everybody. Shallowness, selectiveness, sentimentalism. Escape it. Man, to love someone the way Jesus loves somebody, to be 100% committed in loving somebody, I'm not going to be like, if I happen to love you, but say, no, I'm going to love you the way Jesus loves me. Whoa. That's power. Because niceness, there's no power in niceness. Being kind, there's no power in kind. That's not what Jesus was talking about. It's love. Your purpose is found in loving God, loving people. Allowing that power to transform your life and flow through you, wherever you may be. Your purpose is found in Jesus. If I can have piano, the piano come on up, uh, Rachel. I just love having the keys up here. It makes everything more spiritual. You know, <laughs> it just gives it that touch. We're like, whoa, what's going on? You know, there's actually a story in the Bible where a man was influenced by, under influence of demonic oppression. And, uh, you know, I just know when a, a certain young man of God played, you know, an instrument, that pressure, that influence left and man came into his right mind. And, and some of us, I, I'm not saying that the piano is going to help you get into your right mind, but I just want us to focus on Jesus because that's, that's really the, my, the crux of everything I'm trying to tell you this morning. You know, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, many of us in this place, uh, we may struggle with choices in life and and what to do because there's an uncertainty of, of what may happen in the future. Should I take this job or, or should I do this? Should I say this? Or And there's that question mark that may be lingering over our, our hearts and our minds. And what it really can do to us, it, it can uh, enable us from really going full-fledged and loving God and, and, and seeking his kingdom. Man, what's, what's it like up there in heaven? Is there, any, is there any sickness in heaven? No. Is there any death in heaven? No. 
Is there mourning? Is there bitterness? Is there anger in heaven? No. Your purpose and in your life and what God has called you to do is, is to fully experience Jesus. And not just to be experienced and just presence, just like seeking all the time, but, but also to serve God. Hello? But our understanding, Christ didn't come just for our happiness, but it's to find joy in serving him. Amen? Serving God. Not just simply, God, come and make me happy. Come and give me purpose by making me smile all the time. But to you to find your joy in serving him. In closing, I want to give you a testimony, a story of, of Joni Erickson Tada. You may know her, you may not know her. And I'll just give you a little bit of a biography. Tada was born in, in 1949 in Baltimore, Maryland. The youngest of four daughters. As a teenager, Tada enjoyed riding horses, hiking, tennis, and swimming. On July 30th, 1967, she dove into Chesapeake Bay after misjudging the shallowness of the water. She suffered a fracture between the fourth and fifth cervical levels and became a quadriplegic, paralyzed from the shoulders down. You see, here's this young woman, here's this young lady with her life ahead of her. She probably had dreams of things she can accomplish and do. And this unfortunate accident happens to her where she now becomes paralyzed from the shoulders down. Man, that, that's really unfortunate when you think about life. I, I would never wish that upon anybody here, but imagine if you're at that point in time, you're probably going through a whole bunch of emotions thinking like my life no longer has a purpose. What's that life? I can't enjoy my family. I, I can't work. I can never experience things that other people can experience. I might as well die. There's no purpose to being alive. See, well, that didn't really happen to Joni, even though she went through her hardships and her trials. And she battled depression. She came and found Jesus as her Lord and personal Savior. And she began to found her purpose in the person of Jesus. She said this. this is a quote from her. She said, God is more concerned with conforming me to the likeness of his son than leaving me in my comfort zones. God is more interested in my inward qualities than outward circumstances. Things like refining my faith, humbling my heart, cleaning up my thought life, and my, strengthening my character. How is it that this woman, no longer having function of her body, only being able to have function in her mind and, and, and not experiencing the things that others would say this is the greatest experience of life. How could she come to a place and say, listen, this is what God wants to do with me. She ends up saying, God is the reason to why I live. I find my purpose in him. How could she say such claims? Is it because Jesus says who he says he is? I think so. Joni's life goes on to go a little bit like this. Tada founded Joni and Friends in 1979, an organization for Christian ministry in the disabled community throughout the world. To date, she has written over 40 books, recorded several musical albums, starred an autobiography movie of her life, is an advocate for disabled people. She found a purpose in Jesus. Amen. Some of us are asking ourselves, like, what's our purpose in life? And I believe it's just coming to Jesus. See, I don't think we're waiting for someone to come down with all the goods. 
I don't think we're waiting for that because that happened in Jesus. You know, I think we're all hungry for an enablement and a power of grace in our life to do the purposes that God has for us. To bring his kingdom. Anybody in need of grace in this place? Are you going to do it on your own strength? Whatever he's called you to, when you're seeking the Father in his counsel and saying, this is what I'm calling for you, to bring my kingdom wherever you go. At your job, in your families, in this church. It's simply not to get people in the church, but to take the kingdom out there. In closing, would you stand for me, please? And with the band, please come on up. Anybody hungry for God's grace to empower you to move from where you're at? Anybody ever been frustrated in their life? Or maybe even now you're frustrated with, with what's going on. And you may be asking yourself that very same question. What's the purpose? What's the meaning of it all? You want to give up? You want to quit? Or maybe you're just saying, like, God, I love you. I, I, I'm enjoying your presence. And now God is telling you, go out. Bring my kingdom. And some of us may be intimidated or afraid of that. And we talked about it early today, about different opportunities of ministry and other things going on. And I hope that you would find your purpose in not in all the functions that we do, but who Christ is in his kingdom here on this earth. There's purpose in that. There's purpose in God's kingdom and serving him. That's the relationship he wants. Amen. In closing, would you close your eyes with me, please? In a moment of honesty, I would even share unto you that even in doing ministry, I've come to several times of asking God, is, is this it? Is this all you have for me, God? Is this what you want me to do with my life? Feeling discouraged. Feeling like there's no hope. And I know that if I can feel that with ministry, I know that in life, life would throw its ups and downs. And everybody's been in that place. You may be in that place this morning. But I tell you, the answer is not you trying to solve things and put together things by your own hands. It's found in the person of Jesus. And that life restored. And that life that has been made new, redeemed. God, we pray this morning, God, for our people's hearts. God, we pray that we just will come to you, God, and God, that you would search our hearts and that we would admit our weaknesses and, and our, sometimes our confusion, frustration with our purposes and, and the things that we may have before us. Come on, church, I just want you to pour out your heart before God. It's, he knows your heart. You can be as honest as you want to be. Come on, you can just pray with God. I'm not saying you have to feel like you're in a, in a place where you're feeling confused or frustrated. If you're not, you can just ask God, God, I pray for your grace to bring your kingdom. Come on. God, I pray that as we open up our hearts, God, you redeem our thoughts, you redeem our minds, you redeem our life. That we find it in a purpose in the Son, Jesus Christ. a couple more moments.
I can have the prayer workers come up to the front. We're going to close out in prayer, and we want to pray with you. Amen. And, and we're going to specifically be praying for God's kingdom. Amen. His kingdom come, His will be done. Amen. Your will be done. God, your power, all the things that you did, Jesus, that life that you live, God, it's no longer things that we hope and dream about. We can have it now. Let it be manifest in us. Come on. Whoever you are, no matter your background, no matter what you're going through, come on. You're only going to find purpose in the kingdom of God and who he is. And we want to pray with you this morning. And we want to pray God's kingdom come and that he would use you in your life and the purposes that you have. Come on. God, we pray, Lord. I'm just going to dismiss you. If you want prayer right now for God's kingdom to be manifest in your life, it's not over. There are greater things to come. Come on. God, we pray for a redeemed purpose to be found in who you are, to be found in your son, Jesus Christ. our purpose Lord redeem our purpose average people normal people redeem our purpose from the youngest here to the oldest God redeem our purpose God may your kingdom come to this earth on earth as it is in heaven God we seek it God for this church for this body for every person here God, your kingdom come, your will be done. God, redeem us. feel led by the Holy Spirit right now just God's putting a uh, burden in my heart to pray for a specific person in here Is it, if you're here today this morning and, and you're at the verge of saying I'm not going to do this it's, it's too much it's too confusing I don't want to do this entire church thing. It's just too much for me right now. I'd, I'd rather figure it out on my own. And you're at a point in place where you're about to quit, give up. 
or you're at the point in place where you're about to let God have everything and you're just unsure God is talking to you this morning it's not found in the religious duties that you're doing in the good things you made it too much you made it too difficult for yourself he's saying you made it about yourself is really what you've done and God is saying it's about his son Jesus and what he's done and what you could have never done for yourself and that if you'd embrace that right now that if you'd give it a hundred percent to love God the same way he would love you that right now you would have a touch and revelation of the Lord I don't share that lightly. I don't just say one thing. But if you're in this place and you're saying, man, that's me. Listen, I just want you to take a step of faith. It may be nervous. You may feel like I don't want them to know that's me. But God is wanting you to come so you can experience him. Because everybody in the Bible that encountered Jesus, they radically changed. And it wasn't because of who they were in their circumstances that they did better things, but that they met Jesus. I believe God wants to meet with you. Come on, if that's you this morning, I just ask you to step out of your seat and come up for prayer. Come on. He wants to meet with you. No more striving. No more working for it. Come on, right now, for the rest of us, let's just embrace him. Come on, we receive grace in this house, God. Would you with me, in closing, just ask God for grace, his grace to be over your life, to empower you. Come on. Close out in worship, church.
going to close and let's sing this song, No Turning Back. it worth it all it does it redeems our purpose and meaning in life and we bless you Jesus we bless you Lord come on in closing I want to pray but I just want to share this that even here on this earth we can experience God's love and we can enjoy that we will never fully able to grasp it and understand it and we'll have eternity with Jesus and even throughout eternity, that won't be enough time for you to fully comprehend it. It's so great. It's so vast. And we have it this morning. Let's pray. Father, we ask, God, that as we leave here, God, we don't leave your presence. We don't leave your spirit. But, God, we pray that your kingdom come, your will be done in our lives. God, your kingdom, your will be done in our lives. And all that we do, God, we're committed to it. And God, I pray for the persons, the people here may be struggling with finding their identities and God, redeem their thoughts. God, redeem their thoughts. Give them your heart, Father, what you think of them. And God, I also pray, God, as we leave this place, God, that, Lord, that we'd, we'd purpose things in you. We wouldn't work for ourselves. We wouldn't do things of selfish ambition or gain, but God, that that, God, it would be just like heaven. It would be just like heaven, what you've called us to do, and even in relationships, God, your will be done. You've given us power. We receive it this morning. We're not without hope. We put our lives in your hands, Lord. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He's good.
Come on, why don't you love out your neighbor? The prayer workers are still going to be up here if you still want prayer.